What's up, crew? This is Brandon Gredler, and you're now listening to Cocktails and Questions. I believe this is episode 14. Um, before we get into it, I just want to let you know that James Landing is fine, despite the first couple minutes. He just wasn't here today. So Ben and I went through a lot of fun stuff, man, pretty quickly. Everything from Cindy Lopper to blockchain to cryptocurrencies, removing all of the color from your digital world, and ultimately trying to spend less time on your phone. So it was a good one, man. It was a quick... Fast and Furious one. Ben wasn't drinking, but that's all right. We won't hold that against him for too long. He's only got a couple days left on this weirdo diet of his, man. For the entire Cocktails and Questions crew, thank you for tuning in. Rate and review us on iTunes, Google Play. Tell your friends, tell your family. Uh, We'll talk to you real soon, man. Till then, tune in and drink up. This is Cocktails and Questions. Ready, right? All right, cool. And we're back again. This is episode 14. Whatever. 14. We'll call it 14. And either way, it's about 12 more than I thought we were ever going to get done. Um, but we're here at 14. This episode's a little bit different. Uh, James Lanning is on the road. R.I.P. Doing. Don't say R.I.P. Uh, well, so, you know. My. I don't know. <laughs> Return in <laughs> prudence or something. Oh, man, that's terrible. Um, well, James will be back. Um, here with me has just been this time around. We got a quick hit one for you guys. It's. Uh, cocktails and mocktails and questions really because you're not drinking yeah it's a terrible day goodness it's terrible Uh, years it's like a what what are we doing trying to do the whole 30 and it's uh it's actually not been bad at all except for the drinking part and that makes me feel like an alcoholic which i swear i'm not which is actually i think one of the steps it's the first thing a minute but uh (laughs) but yeah so no no booze the rest of it has actually been surprisingly easy for me i think it's just kind of the, the way i eat but uh but cutting out the booze is a bit challenging especially with an office party this afternoon so yeah it's gonna be an office party that also having requires, to talk to you for 15 yeah, minutes straight that's without drinking is is that's it's hard you should try being in my head why do you think i drink so much <laughs> man i gotta listen to myself all damn day long um and speaking of being in my head i've got cindy lopper in my head um, Who doesn't? And, and with uh, true colors, because I grew up in an era where she was the voice and the soundtrack of Kodak. You remember this? Do I? I don't know. I do. I do. You wanna, I do. You wanna, how did it go? Uh, that's for later tonight <laughs> at the office party, I imagine, man. Um, but Kodak is on the brain. They announced something, right? Uh, you want to catch some they folks did. up to speed? Uh, on the list of two things that I did not think I would hear, first, the Washington Post uh, is extremely profitable this quarter, which is kind of amazing. Who owns them now? Yeah, it's weird. Some guy who does, he, he's a retail guy. Owns Shocker. Them. But uh, they've actually developed a software that they're now reselling. They're doing so well. They're reselling it to all the other newspapers. And, and just I saw it today and just three years ago. I would not put Washington Post on the list of companies who are headed in the direction of success. Or a software provider. Exactly. And I would put Kodak up there because they were bankrupt, number one. But uh, they're back in the news today talking about Kodak One, which is a really interesting platform based off of blockchain. And uh, what it is, is it's a rights management platform. So Kodak One is a combination of the platform and also an initial... Kodak One or Kodak Coin? 
Well, so there's two parts. So Kodak okay. One is the platform. This is Kodak the Coin with blockchain and cryptocurrency. It is. It is a Kodak Coin is an initial coin offering that they are sending out or offering to the market that will be a part of Kodak One. So think about. I actually believe it's a pretty cool platform. Kodak is in the digital photography business, and one of the challenges that photographers. Uh, have is that they go out and create these beautiful images and then they get ripped off. So anybody can find them on the internet, put them on their site, use them in ways that they shouldn't. And rights management is a challenge. It's something that we face all the time. And so what the platform does is it helps content creators register their imagery uh, and then license it out. But it also goes out and crawls the internet to see if those images are being used in places that they shouldn't. The coin will allow you to pay instantly for the licensing, and then it ties it all together with, um, you know, with management and you know, transitioning all the funds and all that stuff. So, kind of interesting. It makes sense for Kodak to get into this business. Agreed. But uh, most interestingly to me is a great use of blockchain. Yeah, and and, and for those who haven't. Um gone down the road or often get confused between the two. If you just do like a quick Google search term, blockchain is not Bitcoin. It will surface a lot of um, just quick one-on-one, quick hits of, of how Ethereum, these Ethereum, Ripple. Yeah, and the, 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 the idea of a distributed ledger is not necessarily um, pinned to currency. So people's brains assume that they're one and the same um, because they're often mentioned in the same breath. But when you look at blockchain as a technology, um, Everything, I mean, logistics, healthcare, financial and banking is obviously right there. But this rights management thing is, is super interesting to me um, because, like you said, we do deal with it. And it's one of those antiquated sort of laborious acts that you have to do from a, from a creator's or I guess I'll, I'll call it a, a, uh, a renter's point of view or a leaser's point of view. But the, the creator who owns this stuff, they have to keep up with it, too. Right. Everybody from. Um, large clearing houses and things like that. Where you're thinking that the Gettys of the world, but if I'm a, if I'm a photographer that's based in Denver, like my ability to track my image across the internet pretty much leaves the second that I publish it, mm-hmm. right? And now this has given them control to keep track of it, and make sure that these people not only can keep track of their images, but get the rights that they're that they're owed, which is I think a fantastic application of something that's complex and kind of um, it's coming out of the shadows now, but often talked about for drug dealers and shit like that. Yeah, it's a great use for uh, brands who go out and license imagery in the tens of thousands for uh, you know producers of content like publishers. Imagine trying to keep all that. There's these digital rights management platforms that keep all of that together, but one distributed ledger that shows not only the people who have licensed the content, but the actual owners of the content, where that content is, when it's been paid for, and uh, when it comes due is going to be really interesting. So you think about that as a, uh, I would have I never thought about blockchain for this specific yeah. example. I guess if I would have, we would have made the platform and mm. made some money because <laughs> Kodak's stock is up 60% after they announced it. But there's all sorts of other industries that are going to take this same approach. Uh, shipping is one that we've talked a lot about. Shipping the idea that you have yep. to have a manifest or uh, these bill of laden that go all the way through from the time I put a 
piece of cargo on a ship and I pass through customs in five different countries and then I transport it, you know, what, what stamps has it had? The fact that that could all be on a distributed ledger makes yep. a lot of sense. You have any thoughts on other areas where we're going to start to see blockchain? Man, I, th- I think those are, um, what, what's interesting about it and my direct answer is no, because it's so obvious. Cause I always get, you always get hit with, um, currency exchange, peer to peer lending. You always get hit. I mean, I think Bitcoin right now is at 23. We talk or it's at 13, but it touched 20 Litecoins up to who knows whatever Bitcoin cash came out. Uh, if you guys aren't up to that, um, with uh, coin, uh, Coinbase, they got in some trouble um, from the Securities Exchange Commission of like leaked information. So everything's around currencies. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously we deal and we think a lot about logistics and shipping. Um, the healthcare thing is, is, that I mentioned earlier is the next one on my mind because there's a difference between um, centralized, decentralized, and distributed. And what we're talking about is distributed leisure. So anytime that any physical good... Um, uh, changes to your point about shipping, but also the uh, digital goods, right? And as healthcare, so those longtime listeners of cocktails and questions uh, probably recall my identity being stolen. I I think about that and I think about healthcare and and things like that. Just to be able to track like your digital self, right? I don't know what that means, but um, in terms of next step and who's going to do it, back to our conversation about privacy, but um, healthcare is a a mega one for me. and they're already working on it. So, so the bigger question is, is Kodak doing this because it makes sense for their business or is it because of hype? Man. Yeah, it's both. I I think it's fortuitous. And I think it's a a really smart move. I think it's center mass to what they do. Um, and I, I think it's hiding it. I shouldn't say hiding. Because to me, the, the cool technology is the blockchain. That's the real story. Um, there's all these headlines coming out, right? You've got uh, Hooters is getting into crypto for their loyalty program. Uh, what's this this iced tea company that changed their name? What Long Island Iced Tea is now Long Blockchain Corporation. <laughs> and, and you got this sports bra and their company. their stock is up 289%. Exactly. You got the sports, sports bra company. You got this e-cigarette company that's now into this shit. So it gets... It gets cloudy and what it's done to me is you see it and you kind of you read the first few articles you roll your eyes and and you move on and uh, i admit i saw that kodak came out with kodak coin right Mm -hmm. but that was the headline and i i failed to remember the underlying technology and then once i thought about it for a minute to answer your question i think it makes perfect sense um and it makes perfect sense for a company that needs a shot in the arm to be perfectly honest with you and I i think it positions them it'll be interesting to see how other um companies that deal in DRM solely uh, catch up or compete, but I think it's a smart move. So jury's out for me. And okay. the reason why is uh, twofold. First, it makes sense that they that they do this because digital rights management is core to their business, like you said. And it's a massive pain, not to interrupt you, but like when, we th- when you think about products and solving problems, like they should solve the problems of, of a large portion of the market and a real pain mm-hmm. and tracking this shit sucks. Right. Yep. So from product development, not, yeah. notwithstanding the brand, but just the product makes sense. It makes sense. My question though, is do you need, does everybody need to launch an ICO? Does everybody need their own initial coin offering? And I think the answer is no. And that's where it starts to blur the line of, did they do this because they thought it was right for their business or because they want to see their stock jump 60% like they did. 
Couldn't they have just used any of the other coins out there? Could they use Bitcoin? They'll say that it takes too long to process a transaction, you know, but you could have used right. something like Ripple that's a lot faster. Um, too but volatile. The, 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 reason that, the reason that I believe that they're maybe chasing this idea more than they are the actual technology is because they also launched Cash Miner with yes. a K, Cash miner with a K. So you got your tasty one top. Yeah. Do you have a cash miner with a K? So cash miner, for those of you, no. go look it up. It looks like a generator. That I'm, I'm, I would be surprised if it didn't have one of those pull start things that you have on your lawnmower. And you fire this thing up. Uh, it costs you rent it from them. It's thirty four hundred dollars for two years. To Does rent. that? Do we know if that covers energy costs? I don't know. I don't know. But okay. uh, it probably runs off of gasoline, actually. <laughs> so it's out. It's true. You have to put it out in your backyard. <laughs> but uh, it mines for Bitcoin, and they say that it will make three hundred seventy five dollars worth of Bitcoin mine three hundred seventy five dollars worth of Bitcoin per month. Which, by my calculations, and actually, I didn't do the calculation. I just read this, so who knows? Yeah, uh, that's about nine thousand bucks over the lifetime of the machine. So the other part is you have to split that profit with them, so they get half of the Bitcoin. So the, everybody's the problem on social, and everybody's going crazy, is that they didn't factor in the whole piece where Bitcoin becomes 15% harder to, to mine That's every right. month. Yeah. And as more Bitcoin is created, it becomes harder to come by. So the math is apparently way off. So everybody's down on this thing. But it just, all it is is that it, they lent out their name to some company who is making these things. That's right. Which is actually the same thing that they did with Kodak 1. So Kodak 1, if you dig down into it, it was actually... From what we've seen, the remnants of another ICO called Ride, R-Y-D-E, made by a company called Win Digital that didn't work. And they've just repurposed this now, slapped the Kodak name on it, and launched it. So it feels a lot like a land grab, money grab, put put the word Bitcoin, put the word blockchain in our... uh, in our press release and it's going to drive the business. I think that part gets a little bit scary. It also takes away from the power potentially of blockchain. I agree. The, the only reason that I think that this one's different is because it does make so much sense. I think the main baggage that's going to weigh this thing down is that I'm probably, at least there's six other people in the world that think of Cindy Lauper when they think of Kodak, right? And you think of the, the Kodak museum. True and colors. The, yeah, absolutely. And, um, you know, the notwithstanding, like the thing works and it makes sense for uh, for that to happen for a company that deals in the stuff like we already talked about. Um, and I think they can, they might be advantageous hiding behind other people's headlines, but the reality is if they came out and they said, Kodak's got a blockchain platform, nobody's picking it up, nobody's reading about it, nobody's writing about it. Mm-hmm. Their ability to evolve past Kodak coin as the, as their form of currency uh, will depend, will, will like sort of uh, either extend the life of this platform or kill it, right? So once you have the platform, now you can start to accept US dollars, Ripple, Ethereum, so on and so forth, maybe, who knows? Um, I don't know their plans for it, but I, I don't see it as dead in the water. I'm a little bit more optimistic than you, but. So your verdict? I like it. Yeah. Makes sense, man. All right. My verdict? No fence sitters. My verdict is that it was a good move. 
And I think that the platform Kodak One will be successful. I think the initial coin offering, not necessary. I don't think that that many people are going to actually, I, I think they'll probably use some other form of payment very quickly yeah. to add onto the platform. I, I just had a quick idea. I know, I know we just gave uh, two thumbs up on it, but uh, curious to your thoughts about the, uh, the commercial applications, obvious. Mm-hmm. Have they said anything or do you have any thoughts about the personal application of the, of the Kodak platform? Well, if you think about digital rights management as on a personal level, mm-hmm. if I can go out and Facebook does this, go out and, and determine what potential photos of you out there are tagged or not tagged. So they do a lot of facial and image recognition. But if Kodak could use this as a way to make sure that there aren't terrible pictures of you somewhere scattered across the internet, mm-hmm. there's definitely a consumer application for that. Yep. Uh, I don't know that that's actually blockchain, or that you care about that. What would be interesting though, is if you could start to think about a um, ethereal, uh, just th- or, or think, think about, take the, the same way uh, Snapchat, it's not ethereal, it's ephemeral. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I still don't know what you're trying yeah. to say, but I'm gonna follow so, you. So, what, what am I trying to say? The idea that the content disappears. Right. Um, the uh, so if if I was able to take every picture that ever had anything to do with me that I created and it was only available to people if they had the other part of the token, right? So they could only display it with my yep. with my right, and I was able to determine where it was. Imagine that That's- if your if your information and your likeness was only available two people through a distributed ledger. That's pretty cool. And, th- and that's where I was going just as like the, you know, the most documented generation ever, right? Yep. You've, you've got Instagram, Facebook, Snap, you've got, you, you lose your hardware device every now and again. Me, me personally, I've got photos on all sorts of Google drives, all sorts of iClouds, all sorts of Amazon photos, all sorts of everywhere. Right. But if I had a single portal that could track those down for me, and keep them highly secure in the future, um, especially when you start to get into children and things like that. Like, you don't want those things floating around the internet. So, I, I'm a double thumbs up the Kodak's uh, approach and say that if they did it right, they might be able to tackle both sides of the market. Ephemeral. Ephemeral. Okay. <laughs> All right, man. Uh, well, this is a quick down and dirty one, man. This is a lot of fun. Before we go, though, it's been a hell of a week. Um, we talked a lot about blockchain and cryptocurrency today in a fast and furious pace outside of the J-pop band that was formed in Japan that has their first sold out concert coming up next week to teach kids about blockchain and crypto. I'm not shitting you. I'll leave those notes in the, uh, or leave those links in the show notes for what you. What has the world come to? Yeah. The, the great thing about the Backstreet Boys is they didn't try to teach us anything or neither did, did new kids on the block. Man, I got some government conspiracy theory <laughs> articles to send you. <laughs> But is it necessarily a bad thing? That's probably a different podcast if you're using pop pop culture to teach uh, values. I want my boy bands yeah. to not teach me anything. That's just, I'll stand behind that. Hey, man, maybe we'll get the band back together tonight at the company party. It okay. is karaoke themed. Um, so outside of the J-pop band aimed at teaching the youth about blockchain, crypto, and cybersecurity, what's the coolest thing you've seen this week? Coolest thing I saw this week uh, actually uh, has to do with you. Me. So yeah, so uh, if you guys did not see this, uh, Brandon and Austin on our team here uh, created one of the first 
applications of Watson Beat. So yeah. Watson, IBM Watson, everybody's probably heard of it, but it's their AI platform. Watson won Jeopardy. Uh, there's all kinds of cool stuff that you can do with it. But um, last week or this week, uh, IBM launched Watson Beat, which allows you to create music in an entirely different way, um, powered through AI. And the team here, Brandon and Austin and crew, uh, created a new track that had never been done before. That's right. And uh, we'll put the link in the notes, but that yeah. was pretty awesome. And the fact that, that that was created and then you could go recreate that in different genres and different ways a million times and it would never be the same. That was uh, that was pretty cool. Thanks, man. Cheers. Yeah, that was, that was a lot of fun, man. We'll probably do a little, uh, a little mini podcast just on that exploration and how we think the the implications of that might might roll down. I mean, it's part and parcel of what we just got done talking about with rights management and this, that, and the other. It's fascinating exploration. Like you said, we'll put the link in the show notes. Uh, the coolest thing that I've seen this week comes from the personal vault of Brandon, right? Um, I stripped my entire phone of all of its color. You just showed me that. And yeah. It looks very weird. Why'd you do that? Very weird. Um, you know, I was, uh, I think a lot about evolutionary DNA. Um, I think a lot about um, us as machines and <laughs> Who does it? Who monkeys. And, and, and I caught myself in these uh, recursive loops, right? And I, and I started to categorize these things uh, that I was doing on my phone as infinity apps. I was just going through this thing with no real beginning. I would sign up for something and then I was off and running to no end. You know, in, in particular, it was Instagram. And I just, and out of muscle memory, without consciously thinking about it, I was on Instagram and I was go, not even like kind of staring through my phone and I got upset with myself. I was like, this is silly. So I stripped it out, shoved it, you know, stripped out totally. Um, and then I ended up needing it for work. So I put it back on my phone, but I put it all the way down at the end. Muscle memory again, you know, home button, four swipes, click, explore, go. go. Um, and I was talking about this in front of, uh, in front of some colleagues and my, my, I've come to refer to Miss Miss Caitlin Maud as my trend consigliere. Um, and I was like, yeah, I've got this muscle memory thing. And it's just driving me nuts. And I think it has something to do with like the endorphin drip and all this shit. And, you know, it's all these colors and these images. And she goes, strip it out. Take all the color away. It's actually her, uh, her recommendation that I remove the color from my phone. So in my iPhone, there, under the accessibilities, I've effectively turned my entire phone grayscale. And what it's done is it's given a, uh, an emphasis back onto content and it's stripped the shiny veneer of um, useless, um, shitty content that just feels good. It's like stupid primate brain pleasure. And it's given a higher emphasis to things that fade into the background, like just a text or just an email. What it's done is it's put it on an even playing field. And what I find is spending far less time on the bullshit apps because it's not that um, brain overload. And I spend more time actually thinking and reading and, and catching up on things that are actually um, substantive in my life. So that's the coolest thing I've seen. That's very cool. So probably an entirely other podcast, but yeah. I've been I've been trying to do the same thing. So I read a book called Bored and Brilliant, okay. which you should go check out. And there's an app called Moment. And Moment tracks all the time you spend on your phone. Nice. And then it'll tell you every single day how much time you spent versus the last day. And then you can go back and see what apps you spend the most time on. And it's by the woman, I can't remember her name, but she's the one who wrote Borden Brilliant. And what Borden Brilliant's uh, preface is, or, or whole 
premise is, is that you, uh, you have to have time to be brilliant. You have to have time to actually get bored and that your brain starts to fire differently when you get bored. So yes. we think about that as a bad thing today, but we, we, because we never get to it. Uh, we don't allow ourselves to get there. So I've been trying to do the same thing. I've been putting all my apps on the second screen. I've been yeah. trying to delete things. But the thing I did is I got an Apple Watch uh, version 3, and it's got cellular. And it's a little bit scary, but I take it out now on the weekends, and I leave my phone at home. Whoa. So I had, and it sounds so stupid, no, but it, does it has a stupid. phone call. It has that a phone call. I can get Uber. And I can get text messages. Can you pay? And I can pay. What else? Do but you I need? take but I take my wallet with me. But but it, all of those things are kind of hard to do, but they're just doable enough that I don't really want to do them. So I probably could surf on the internet. I think it's got Safari, but it would be a huge pain in the ass, and I don't. So I find myself now. I'm sitting around waiting for friends or looking for something, and instead of just going right to my phone and scrolling through it or filling the time, I don't. Yeah. And I've gotten my I've gotten my uh, my time from four hours a day, four hours a day on my phone, down to about fifty minutes a day Unreal. on a weekend. That's great, which is kind of crazy. But anyway, go check that out. Nice job. I'm gonna do that. I'm gonna steal that and see if I can turn my phone black. You gotta do. I, I recommend everybody give it a shot. If it doesn't work for you, like at least the thing that it did for me is it's a total mind fuck when you're staring at your phone. It's black and white, and you look up and the color and the world's full of colors. It's just this jarring moment in life, man. I enjoy it. Real quick on the bored and brilliant. Yeah. Uh, is the idea that the brilliant can be bored, should be bored, should not be bored? What's the to be brilliant? You must be bored. And in that vein, I started rewatching Westworld. Um, specifically off of the work that we've been doing with Watson because there's a strong music and emotion component which powers this thing and there's this great scene where he's talking to the boy in the desert who may or may not be him that's up for a different podcast um, about uh, the virtue of being bored I'll send it out to you man it's awesome but um, go check it out yeah so this was a lot of fun man thank you for your time thank you for everybody's time uh, for Austin Carly Mr. Ben James who is safely on his way back still, still with us still, uh, I just poured a little bit out for him episode 14 cocktails and questions uh, you guys enjoy yourselves until next time we'll talk to you real soon bye